Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And I have to tell you, I am uh, extremely excited today with our guest. And as you know, with this podcast, we like to uh, talk about creative ways to build work-life balance and to provide uh, incredible customer service or client service. And this gentleman we're going to be talking to today has some really great insight on how to do that and how to build a phenomenal business. So I'm excited to introduce you, uh, Justin Stoddart. Justin, thanks for being on today. Michael, it's my pleasure, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. You bet. A little background on Justin, uh, husband, father of six amazing kids. Uh, Justin, I've got two, so I can only imagine six. It's like you have like you have more than a basketball team, really, kind of right. around that, right? It's March Madness. That's what it feels like around our house a little bit. It's kind of madness all the time. I love it. Uh, he's also the host of Think Bigger Real Estate Show uh, and also international bestselling author of The Upstream Model, which we're going to talk about today. And uh, Justin, if it's okay with you, I just wanted to read a quote, uh, and you sent me some information, but I've been going through your book, and there's a quote here that I want to just read, because I think it really kind of speaks to what we're going to talk about today. Um, It's uh, it's from Patrick Galvin, author of The Connector's Way. It says, instead of of worrying the massive technology companies will take over your industry and put you out of work, I highly recommend that you read The Upstream Model. This book does a a masterful job of sharing ideas and examples for growing your business and yourself. The book, Solid Ideas for Developing Strong Relationships with Your uh, Key Referral Partners, is something that will allow you to not only survive, but thrive in an increasingly competitive world. This is a great resource for all professionals who want to take their careers to the next height. And I think that um, he brings up a great point, and I know we're going to talk about this, but we have a lot of people that run around that are fearful of uh, what companies are doing, but they don't actually stop for a second and say, well, what am I doing, right? What, 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 am, what am I capable of doing? And then on that, on that same topic, I think this is just what you said is that, um, and we talk about this too. So with Ninja and Windermere, we talk about having what we call an evergreen business. So that's being proactive, not reactive, on purpose, not on accidental, right? And knowing that when you wake up, and I love it, you say this, a consistent new stream of referrals to qualified clients who see you as an expert, that's key. Higher commissions and margins, right? We're, we're yeah. getting paid what we're worth. Less time committed needed to attract new clients, so working smarter, not harder, and improving your identity in the marketplace to, the, to that of a mentor and a leader, helping you to rise above uh, the threats of industry disruption. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff to unpack there, but tell me, so give me just kind of the gist of how you came to this world of thinking about how this, this would benefit you and also benefit others listening. Yeah, great, great question. It really started off, I was a high-end home builder. I'd gone to work for 
a very charismatic man who had built great homes. Uh, I was a project manager for him. He really started to get interested in land development to the point to where he was kind of abandoning his custom home clients to some degree. And uh, I was overseeing that division. Finally, I realized like, let's just part ways. I'll pay you for that part of the business. You go focus on land development. So we went our own ways. And I just assumed it was going to be as easy for me to get new business as it was for him to get new business. The problem was I was younger than he was. I looked even younger than I was. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I put all my emphasis and my stock in. How do I take care of the clients, create a great customer experience? I had I downplayed or had forgotten the amount of effort it was going to take to get new clients. And I think there's probably every real estate agent that's listening to this probably at one point in their life said to themselves like, oh crap, not only do I need to take care of people and their real estate needs, I need to find people who will allow me to do that. Right. right? And it's this ongoing, at times can feel like a hamster wheel. And I realized that I was at a bit of a disadvantage and have kind of decades of experience in this kind of well-known portfolio in the area, I really had to be strategic about how I went getting new business because I didn't want to be the guy who was advertising on Angie's list. And, you know, high-end custom homes really wasn't a place to do that anyway. <clears throat> and I realized I wanted to work by referral. I wanted relationships, but I also wanted to scale it. I wanted to, to, to not just kind of eke along. I wanted to have a great business. And so I realized that there were people in the marketplace who were dealing with my future clients as part of their business. And so I realized, you know, architects, that's who was my upstream partner when it came to me as a home builder. I thought architects, they're building deep relationships with these clients. They're working with them for months. And then they look to the builders to say, okay, who wants to bid on this project? Right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to create a relationship with these architects and get introduced to these people before my competition. However, like great idea, great concept, but the way I showed up to them was very much as a solicitor. Hey, here's 10 of my cards. Let me tell you all about me. Let me tell you why you should be referring people to me. And I could see the look in his eye that he wasn't that impressed. I showed up in his office unannounced, really there with my hand out to get something from him. Right. So I think maybe there have been real estate agents that are listening to this right now that have said, you know what? I, I'll bet it would be a great idea to get business from a lender or to get business from a builder or to get business from an attorney or a CPA or a financial advisor. And you go out and you say, you know what? I'll bet those guys are having conversations with people and they're learning that they're going to be needing a real estate agent. Exactly. I'm just going to go up to them and I'm going to present to them why I'm the best option for them to refer. In other words, I'm going to have the me conversation. I'm going to tell you all about the initials behind my name. I'm going to tell you why, I'm, why I've been a top producer, on and on and on. And typically the, the upstream partner, which is you know, what I call them, aren't that impressed, right? Because we're not there solving a problem of theirs. We're solving a problem of our own. Most people don't have a ton of time to solve someone else's problems when they're still working on their own. <clears throat> and so for me, I realized like, okay, good concept. I've got to execute better. So I approached a different architect, but took to a totally different approach. And I kind of go into more depth on this on the, um, in the book about how if I wanted to work by referral, I probably ought to start off the relationship by getting a referral into somebody, right? Right, so by giving, I, giving something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And having somebody else sell me so I didn't have to, right? Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, I then in the first conversation with this upstream partner, I could talk all about them, have the conversation be about them with the one goal of walking out of that appointment, having a challenge or a problem that they're facing in their business so that then I could go to work on that. Exactly. Like, like the reality was 
the architect didn't need more builders. He had plenty of builders, but what he did need were other things in his business. And if I could help him solve those problems by being a peer or even a mentor, now all of a sudden he's interested in talking to me about, you know, who am I as a builder? So right. I think that same principle, that's how it kind of started for me, applied the same principles in the title and escrow business. And now I apply the same principles as I help real estate agents apply that in, <clears throat> excuse me, in getting more warm referrals flowing into their business as opposed to chasing leads. So let's kind of unpack this for a second. So the first thing it sounds to me like you're saying is um, we need to be more about giving and identifying, you know, in this case, we'd say pain and pleasure, right? So what, what, what is it that they need that I can come to the table with a solution that's not necessarily around real estate, but it's about helping them. That's, that'd yeah. be one point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even prior to that, it's who is dealing with my customers before they become my customers, right? Right. Well, that was the question. Who, how do you identify the upstream people, right? I guess that, that's another good question. So if I'm sitting here listening, going, okay, so give me some ideas of buckets of who might be upstream people. Yeah, in fact, so um, the one that I went deep on, it was wealth managers um, to the point to where I interviewed over a dozen of them. And it was a really fascinating thing that I ran into, Michael, because I said, okay, you're like a, like a true wealth manager that, that meets with your clients, like how often? And they said, probably annually, sometimes quarterly, depending upon how complex of a case, you know, that they have in particular. And they said, great. In those conversations, are you uncovering the fact of like their real estate portfolio? Of course. Yeah. We know where they live. We know if they own a second home. We know if they, right. Cause that's all about the money. Right. And right. that's what they're about yeah. is helping them. Their, their, their net worth, basically understanding their value. That's right. So I asked them, great. So you then obviously know when someone is going to be in need of a realtor. And they said, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Like how many of those a year do you think? And kind of the average answer was 18 to 24 times wow. a year. They're uncovering the fact that someone's going to be moving. And I said, now, okay, great. So you have the opportunity to refer a real estate agent at that point. How many of those are you referring? And the unanimous answer was none of them. Like none almost of them. all of them were like, yeah, I'm not referring that. So then okay. I really began to uncover. And because I'm not a licensed agent myself, I just consult and coach them. My the, 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 they started to really open up and be honest to me because they knew that I, I wasn't there to, to get those referrals from them. Exactly. I'm here to say, look, real estate agents are in a really unique spot because big tech is trying to remove them from the transaction. I believe the same is true for you, right? Wealth manager? Absolutely. Right? They said, yeah, we, we fight that all the time. Mm -hmm. I said, if you could have a real estate agent that could come in and offer real strategic value to you and your clients. And I began to kind of really uncover what would cause them to start to refer some like some of those deals. But you can imagine having one referral partner that gave you 18 to 24 highly qualified referrals that are going to close it or you know that are going to convert at a really high level because it's coming as a referral from their wealth manager with whom they already have deep trust, deep respect. Exactly. It's a great source of business. However, the way we go about it is very similar to how I went about it as a home builder going to an architect, which was like, "Hey, I hear you can give me referrals." let me tell you all about me and why I'm your guy. Right. And it's like, thanks. I appreciate it. But that's exactly why I'm not referring it to anybody is because you're going to do that to me. You're going to do it to my clients. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a, it's a sales mentality versus a relationship mentality is what oh. I'm hearing you say. Well said, Michael. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's fantastic. You're right. It's, it's short term as opposed to, to long term. And the reality is what's slow is fast. Right. I find that when people actually do this correctly and go in with the right introduction, the right conversation, deliver on the right deliverables. What ends up happening is that those referral partners, this isn't a one to two year deal. And that's the problem that oftentimes we think, look, I, I got to go in, I got to see if this guy's 
going to give me referrals or not because I don't have a lot of time to spend on someone who's not. So they go in and they force it and, and they don't get any referrals. And so they're like, okay, that didn't work, right? Whereas if you go in with the right approach or the right value proposition, gaining the right identity, what ends up happening is it ends up going really fast because they're not giving referrals to you because they know you like you trust you. Now that works too, but that's a one year to two year game, right? Right. Which is okay. I think that's a great game to play as well. But if you go in correctly with the right value proposition, they will want to start putting all of their clients in front of you, not for your sake, but for their sake and for their client's sake. That's the differentiator. That's the difference between the upstream model and traditional referral partner relationships is it's not built on know you like you trust you. Now, do they have to at least know your name and like you a little bit? Yes, but that can happen in one meeting. And all of a sudden they're like, boy, that would be valuable. I want to put you in front of all my clients because you're actually helping me with my client experience. And that's the key is that you're actually improving their client experience, not your own number of leads, right? Exactly. Well, I have a question for you too. So let's say we're doing the upstream model and I've got this going for me. Would you also then say in, in, in with that as well, they need to have a really great process and system so that when they do get that referral, they make that financial uh, individual really look good so that there's more referrals that come from that. Yeah, hundred percent. Not only do you, is it lip service that I'm, I have the ability to improve your client experience, but you actually have to improve their client experience. That wealth manager needs to realize that, hey, when I'm not with my clients, there's the possibility that, a, that an app like Robinhood or a service like Vanguard is going to come in and they're going to start moving money away from our portfolio that I manage for them, which causes my income to go down. However, when I put them in front of Michael Fanning, for example, that it's like I've paid Michael Fanning to help me retain these customers because the value that he brings that he's always tying back to me, he's weaved these into the conversation. It's very strategic that now all of a sudden I know my clients are more, more loyal to me because I've brought Michael into the picture. Exactly. So, so we talked about uh, financial, where are some other upstream uh, ideas that you pass along that are other areas where agents can maybe kind of seek that same type of relationship out? Yeah. I, I kind of put them into two categories, Michael. One is kind of like those that deal with the money, right? Um, kind of the financial group. The other group is kind of deals with the house, like the contractor group, right? White color, right. blue color, like kind of however you want to like classify or categorize them. Um, but you think about all those that deal with the money, right? Wealth managers, mm -hmm. CPAs, tax advisors, right? Um, lenders. Um, those are just a few. Um, on the contractor side, right? Okay. So a couple other ones, property and casualty insurance have actually found to be quite helpful as well. Um, insurance agents, that, that, that type. If you get the right ones and have the right approach. On the contractor side, right? It's, it's um, kitchen remodelers. It's carpet cleaners. It's painters. It's landscapers. You might be saying like, wait a minute. I typically refer those people. How are they going to give me referrals? Won't they have already have a referral? Not always. Again, if you add the right value to the right partner, what ends up happening is every time a painter steps into a house, he doesn't just ask, okay, how, like what walls do you want to paint? But he says, now tell me about that wall. Yes. Now tell me, how long are you going to be in the house? Are you going to be here for 10 years or just a year? Oh, you know, we're actually looking to sell. So we're just trying to freshen things up. Oh, great. Uh, do you already have a great realtor who you're working with, right? Do you already have someone who's, who really acts more as a real estate advisor than just an agent? And they're like, um, I, I don't know, like I've got an agent. Well, you should really talk to an advisor, right? And if you, again, you pour the right value into the right person, all of a sudden you have these professionals who, again, definition of, definition of an up, upstream partner is that 
all day, every day, they're dealing with future potential clients of yours. This isn't like they have to remember that and, 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 and refer you to their mom and, or, or to their neighbor and, oh, shoot, I, I should have referred that one to you. No, this is like their clients. Right. You've taught them how to be more valuable to their clients. You've taught them how to not be a commodity to their clients. <clears throat> and now as part of their client experience, they're more of a consultant as opposed to just a painter. Right. Well, well, and, and I have a question around that because now, now a lot of things come up in my mind. So in order for that, that upstream client to have an understanding, and you just said it, you said, do you have a real estate agent or do you have a trusted real estate advisor? So now it requires the real estate agent to have the ability to have that dialogue and to build that education around the idea that they are a trusted advisor and not a transactional minded real estate agent, but they're a referral based minded trusted advisor. So, so do, do you have some ideas around that? I mean, in terms of just that conversation. I do. I've like the first probably three chapters of the book really go into how do you actually be better? How do you be more valuable? Um, because we can have kind of tricky marketing tactics on how to get upstream and get to our, get to future customers before it kind of falls into that really competitive space where all the agents know about them mm-hmm. or, or, or before Zillow's turned them into a lead. That's a real thing of like, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the clients before the clients actually become my compet like become dropped into a competitive pool. Right. Right. That's what kind of upstream defines. However, if you aren't actually more valuable, then it's kind of smoke and mirrors a little bit, right? You're just getting there earlier, but are you really more valuable? Are you really worth somebody referring? Are you really worth it to where people should be willing to wait for you and pay for you, right? right. And so um, I, I like to help kind of agents think about like ROI, right? We're in kind of in the real estate space. That's a topic that we're very comfortable talking about when it comes to real estate. But are we comfortable talking about that topic when it comes to our fees, I mean, now you might be thinking like, oh my goodness, you're trying to tell me that every time I go list a house to say that $10,000 commission, I need to show them that there's an ROI on that. And that, that gets a little concerning, right? Because right. especially when you're dealing with people for a few weeks in this market, right? It's like, how do exactly. I possibly- it's cr- Yeah, in, especially in this market right now. Yeah. So if you're thinking about creating an ROI only from when the transaction starts to when the transaction ends, you're going to always struggle with this concept. But if you realize that like, like take a broader horizon of time is that by this person bringing me into the transaction, they now get access to my inner circle of well-paid professionals, right? Right. Where it's not just a matter of what can I do for you in the next three weeks, because that becomes very much a commodity game. Who can do it for less? Who can do it faster? Who can open the door faster? Like all of that. It's all about price, 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 right? Yep. So yes, you have to be good at marketing and selling homes. You have to be great at the baseline. But in addition to that, you need to paint a, a, you know, a bigger picture of the value that you're going to bring to them like before, during, and after. I like to almost kind of use the um, example that um, in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of my mm-hmm. early reads when it came to getting this concept of the beauty of real estate, getting this concept of the beauty of, 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 of kind of thinking bigger, right? And he taught the fact that everybody ought to have, like that's serious about building wealth, like a trusted team. They ought to have a broker, right? They ought to have a lender. They ought to have an attorney. They ought to have like a, a CPA. Like if you're serious about it, you ought to have this team to where every client that walks through your door, not only are you saying, how can I help you in real estate? But it's like, how can I help you build wealth through real estate? And exactly. so the value that you're bringing is no longer just what you do for a living. The value that you're bringing is pulling in the value from other professionals as well. And so you help them to see that like my clients 
over the period of our relationship, get a massive ROI on the small fee that they pay me for the time that I serve them in real estate. Because here's what I do. I take a more relational consultative approach to my clients. I'm going to ask questions that you probably won't get asked by other agents because they're just interested in the transaction. Oftentimes I'm interested in really learning what are your long-term goals and who is the team around you that you have that are going to help you get there the fastest and the easiest. That's the team that I've built around me and that I'm willing to share with those that do business with me so that you have the ability then to also get there faster. Just great consultants all the way around. They're going to help you get things done faster and better. And so that's one value proposition, right? That's not the only one, but you get and start to look just like we asked the painter to not just be painting walls. We're asking ourselves to not just be listing and selling homes. It's like, we're taking a look at the holistic approach of what do the clients ultimately, what are they trying to accomplish? What can I do for them at a high level? But who are the other key players that they're going to need that I can vet for them, bring to the table, help them get value out of that relationship. Now, all of a sudden, my value proposition isn't confined to one industry. It's, it's more expansive and encompasses all these other people, which, by the way, become great upstream partners as well, because now we're all sharing in each other's databases, right? Having high-level referral relationships all the way around while helping the clients have a great experience and get an ROI on the small fees that they pay compared to the value that they're getting long-term. Well, you know, and it, and it brings me to, uh, if you've read the book, uh, Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game, yeah. right? And he talks about that concept of the infinite game is setting up structure for long-term legacy wealth, for long-term relationships. But it starts with just, as, like you said, is building that team, uh, building that team around you. I want to do this. I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and I have a specific question about teams because it's something that I have recognized in our industry and I want to get your take on it. If that's okay with you. For sure. All right. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Michael Fanning and with me is Eric Thompson. We're with Windermere Coaching. We thought we'd take just a moment to let you know a little bit about maybe how to get your feet wet into coaching with Windermere Coaching through the Windermere Path. Eric, tell us a little bit about the Windermere Path. So the Windermere Path gives you a call every week. You can join live or you can watch the recording. One of three things happen on those calls. You get a specific lesson that's taught by you, Mike, by Doug Simcock, by me, or Nick Hansen. The second thing that happens is we do live interviews with your Windermere colleagues. You can hear right from them about how they are implementing all the tools that we teach them in coaching so that you can be inspired by their story. The third thing that happens is you get to ask questions of us, things that are happening in your business right now, in your world. We help just to keep you on the, on the ninja path. Hey, Eric, it sounds like a lot of great content. So listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about the Windermere path, simply go to windermerecoaching.com. Click on the explore button, give us your name and your email address, and we'll get back to you with all the information you need to get started on the Windermere path. Thank you so much. And we'll return you to our content. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, and uh, we are sitting here talking with Justin Stoddard is uh, the upstream, the upstream game we're talking about here. And uh, he's got his book, The Upstream Model. And uh, we were just talking about building a team. And so one of the questions Justin and I have for you is, we have these agents who are very entrepreneurial in spirit. And so they think that they're good at everything. And so when I talk to them, when we're doing coaching, we say, hey, do you have a financial planner? Well, no, I don't. I do that myself. Uh, do, you have a, uh, do you have a tax accountant? No, you know, I'm using TurboTax and doing my own taxes. And here we are talking about building these relationships, yet we have real estate agents that don't have that even built into their own world. So what would be your advice around that just, just to start there? 
I think the, one of the biggest principles I've learned that comes all the way down to finding a great life partner to, um, you know, finding great friends is that you ultimately attract who you are. Uh, that's why I believe deeply in that you've got to develop the person, not just the business. But if you want to attract clients that will wait for you, in other words, they're not going to jump onto the next Zillow contact online and replace you as a real estate agent in five minutes if you don't respond. They're willing to wait for you and they're willing to pay for you. Then you need to take on a similar uh, persona as far as who you work with. Again, if you're a DIY person, then you'll likely attract some DIY for sale by owner. Like, I don't know if I really need you. I'll only like, I only use you if I absolutely get stuck and have to. Right. So I think it's, it's starting to have that mental shift to yourself. And, and honestly, like, I believe that this is where the future of well-paid professionals is going. I don't think you can maintain kind of the small thinking of I'm going to take it all on myself and still be well-paid because technology is getting good enough to take away things that agents used to get paid for. Let's be honest. And it does it better than we do. And it, right. it should, that's great. And if you hold on to that, and if, if that is your value proposition, then I think you're in trouble the way to, to continue to remain at the center of the transaction where clients not just kind of have to have you there, but they want to have you there again, because there's an ROI on that relationship, then you've got to start to think like the people that you want to attract. And you need to look at your own business to say, how much of this stuff am I, should I be finding great professionals? Because there's a hidden secret in there is number one, you're going to become the person that attracts that kind of client. You're going to be able to have conversations and relate to people that are those types of people. And you're going to start to create some really powerful relationships with people that could be great upstream partners. So again, I think there's kind of this hoarder mentality that I'm going to, I'm going to win by saving my way to wealth. And it just doesn't happen that way. You know, you really have to invest in other relationships in order to really get ahead. Well, and I, and I think you bring up a great point. So here we are as real estate professionals saying to people, Hey, if you're going to sell your home, you need to hire a professional, right? Because that's what we do. The same thing applies. If, 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 and I always say this to people, you know, if, if you're going to run your own finances, then are you a professional financial planner? If you're going to do your own taxes, are you a professional tax accountant? No, I'm not. Well then, you know, be a go-giver, you know, that whole mindset of the more you give, the more you get in return. Um, it's build your team and find those real high quality people. And then on doing so, uh, set up, like you said, that upstream mentality that, you know, we're going to refer business back and forth and we're going to do it at a higher quality level. Um, and you brought up another point. I think that's, I, I want to just bring this out is that, you know, we have a lot of burnout happening now because we have agents that are in that mindset of that transactional piece and they're running around. Where's my next transaction? Do you find that uh, the type of business you're speaking of becomes uh, more enjoyable, uh, easier? And also, let me ask you this, does it free up your time? Yeah. Yeah. All of that. I mean, I think, and again, I've, I can't tell you how much I appreciate and resonate with the ninja way. Right. I mean, it's just the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is brilliant. So I know for those that are listening, you're probably already convinced on that. If you're not, you should be it. it, it that whole concept ties in, you know, so well with the upstream model, but yeah, I mean, there's, in fact, I just had a conversation with an agent um, who I coach over this past weekend. She said, Justin, I want to thank you. This was Monday morning. She said, I want to thank you. I took Sunday off. Um, and she said, I haven't done that in so long, especially in this market. I just didn't feel like I could, I had clients who just felt like I needed, they needed me all the time. And I, I frankly, I gave it to them and I was, I was nearing burnout. And she said, I took the day off and I can't tell you how enjoyable it was. And she said, I knew Monday was going to be a little more hectic, but I dealt with it. And even my cranky client who I was a little concerned about, we had the most enjoyable conversation and, um, he respected me. I felt like he respected me even more the fact that I created some standards. And that's true. I mean, kind of going back to the whole dating world, if you have no standards, it's hard to have anybody actually respect you, right? right? Exactly. Like standards and, and you having a life 
and having, um, you know, some, some, some barriers around things that matter more to you are one going to make it more enjoyable. And I think you'll actually find that people treat you less like, you know, a courier, less like someone who they're just paying to run out and open a door for them. Like they're going to say, no, look, I actually want to have a consultation with you because I want to learn what your goals are prior to us going and running around town and seeing a bunch of houses. And I think number one, again, you're going to attract people that get that, that operate at that level, but you're like, they're going to respect you enough to pay you like a well-paid physician, like a well-paid attorney, because that's how well-paid professionals function. They don't pick up the phone at, you know, like 10 o'clock at night and like run out and open a door. Now that's a little extreme, but you get the point. Like you just, it's hard to gain respect and have people feel like they can't easily replace you. If your only value proposition is um, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. I'm dropping everything for you. You know, and there's times where that might be necessary. I'm not saying that you never have to hustle a little bit, um, but I think you could hustle in a different way and be more strategic and really earn the trust of the right people who are willing to pay for that level of service. Right. I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's not the standard. It's something that we'll do once in a while, but our standard is very different in how we run our business. And, you know, another point that I'll bring up is that I know for, in my uh, personal experience. So I have a phenomenal financial planner. And I know when I was trying to find a new tax, uh, a tax accountant, you know, I went to her and I said, Hey, Dana, um, you know, who would you be using? And it wasn't as if I said, well, let me go interview him and I'll see if I like him. I mean, I just took her word as the gospel, so to speak. And she said, Oh, uh, you got to talk to Michael Bissey. He's phenomenal. I'm like, great. Let me set up the meeting. And I guess that's what I'm getting at too, is that, so now these referrals that you're getting, they're, they're, they're more, they're solid. Uh, they're more for sure because they're coming from a trusted source and, you know, and they're people that you want to work with because they're in that network already, I guess is kind of one of the points that you make as I was going through your book. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a great point. Yeah. One birds of a feather flock together, right? We've kind of heard that before. And I think once you find one good upstream partner and, or one client, it gets pretty easy to help that have them lead you to other like-minded people. So I love the fact that you said, okay, I've got this one trusted professional who's who's the right fit. I'm going to go to them or this right client who I, man, I loved working with them. They understood my value. They respected my value. I'm going to go to them to say, Hey, I'm looking at increasing the level of value that I bring to my clients. I've realized that they would benefit by having a great wealth manager. You guys seem like the people that would really have a great wealth manager. Is there someone that I should be talking to and interviewing uh, prior to starting to make introductions to them, to my clients? My guess is you'll probably get you know, introduced to somebody good. If you have a few of those conversations, and that will then lead you to potentially a great CPA that works just like them. And then potentially a great property and casualty insurance that works like them. You just start to surround yourself with a group of consultants as opposed to, you know, those that are more commodity based and easy to replace hustling 24 seven, right. Um, right. Burning themselves out and working for wages. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so one of the other questions I have for you. So if for our listeners that are listening right now, say, okay, this sounds great. What would be kind of your road or a recipe, if you will, for them to get a better understanding of what you're talking about? I mean, obviously get the book, but what are some key things that you coach and help them to say, okay, if I want to set the structure, what are some things I should be doing? I think one of the first questions that I, I, I teach is I teach this in the, in the book and in the course that I, that I offer is to really ask people, like, what is it that your clients actually need? Like when you're evaluating your clients, start to look again beyond just the value that you can offer. I start to ask the question of, if I were to introduce to my clients, when appropriate, a wealth manager, would that be valuable to them? And if it would be, and if you kind of start to see, like, I can give before I can take, then that's a great starting place, right? I think it's assessing need. If you're working with a lot of 
potential first-time home buyers, a property and casualty insurance agent may be fantastic because they would love to have their book of business transition from more transient renters to more stable, long-term like homeowners, right? That are going to stay in the community, stay with that insurance agent. Um, And so again, you just look at like, what do my people really need? If I were to be not just their agent, but like a business manager consultant, who else would I need to introduce them to? I think that's a great starting place, you know, is is finding those relationships, building those relationships. Well, and and I I always run these these questions through my head from uh, my experience interacting with real estate agents. They ask the question. So some agents may be sitting there saying, well, great, but you know, aren't there already a lot of financial planners and uh, tax tax attorneys or tax accountants and uh, insurance agents that they're already working with real estate agents, right? So I'm just I'm too late to the game. <laughs> what would you say? What would you say about that? Yeah, the on average, what Nar says that uh, the average person knows between ten and twelve. That number may have gone up right now, but in my research, they aren't referring that business to anybody, which tells me that there's a lot of room for improvement. That just because they know an agent doesn't mean that. They either A, trust that agent or that that agents come at them with a valuable enough proposition that's caused them to want to refer. So I've had people that have said in the first meeting, like, you know, I've, I, you know, I know like we have a great real estate agent, but they come to find out that they actually never referred that person or that they haven't realized what kind of value an agent could bring. They thought that the only agent, the only value that an agent could bring would be to take care of the referral, which of course, if you're not doing that, you shouldn't be in business, right? Right. Exactly. Like added layers of value on top of that. Like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that you could actually benefit my client experience and my, my business, my book of business, grow my book of business. This is, and, and solve problems that I have around marketing, around strategy, around sales, around all this stuff that, because as agents, like you're learning this stuff all the time and to be able to bring in nuggets and be able to assess what's, you know, what are the challenges in your business and then be able to deliver ideas and strategies and, and, and introductions that solve that. That is, that is so uncommon that you will stand out in no time, right? You, there's really no competition because people aren't, agents aren't thinking that way. They're thinking very transactional. What can I get from this? What's the minimum I have to do to get something from this person, right? And move right. on. Yep. And I, and I think that uh, what you're talking about too, in, in one of my whys and in, in why I'm so passionate about this world of real estate is to increase the level of professionalism in our industry. And I think that the more that this goes on and this type of relationships are built, we see that happening. And we also bulletproof ourselves from, like you said, some of these big tech companies that are trying to disintermediate us because we're doing a niche or doing something that they can't replicate. Yeah. You can't write algorithms for that type of strategy work, right? You can to list a house, you can to offer, you know, client updates as the transaction progresses. You bet all of that's totally replaceable. If that's your value proposition, you're in trouble. Right, unless you start to innovate and like what stuff that not, they can't write an algorithm for. That's right. what we're talking about right here. So let me ask you this: If somebody wanted to get a, get a deeper dive into what you do, and I have to say, I have to tell you, you know, um, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I was introduced to you by uh, Tanya and Matt Powell, who many of our listeners know as our, they were uh, owners in the Eugene. And you guys went to was high school together with Matt. It, it, it was grade school. If you look carefully enough online, you'll see both of us in like a peewee soccer league. And we were fierce, man. We were fierce. <laughs> like, the, like the Daisy Duke shorts that we had to wear. We were fierce. Oh, you were fierce. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because um, I've been watching some of your uh, your podcast episodes and you do a lot more than just this topic as well, which I've learned some things already. So I want to make sure that we let our listeners know how they could uh, access that information, access your book and your, your some of your programs. So how would we do that? Yeah, I appreciate that. So to get your hands on the book, which is really kind of the topic we've been discussing today, easiest way is I've actually put together, it's like a free plus shipping, like just pay for the cost. It's, it's actually below what it costs for me to get it to you. So it's, it's seven ninety five to get your hands on the book. Um, it's like three times that I think if you go to Amazon, which, you know, whichever works for you, 
but but to get that version of it, it's it's uh, upstreammodel.com forward slash book. And with that, I've, I've done it that way because I have an audio package offering, which is actually the audio book coupled with an interview with a financial advisor who at the start of it was like, yeah, I, like I give a couple of referrals a year. And then by the end, he was like, okay, if an agent did that, I would want to put all of my clients in front of them. So that's part of the audio package that you can upgrade to as you kind of go through that. And I'll uh, put a link to that in the show notes for everybody to access cool. too. And then as far as the podcast, it's a Think Bigger Real Estate show. Um, and I've got a group, which I know you're a part of and added some people in there. I'm you know, uh, very appreciative of that. It's, it's Think Bigger Real Estate on Facebook. Um, if, you're, if you're in the industry and uh, interested in, in growing yourself, that's the purpose of that is that I think most problems that we face start and if not even end in the brain, right? Like kind of what we're thinking, our mindset. So it's designed there to help us to, to, to you know, really rise above that. So yeah, we'd love to have people participate and join in on the group. Think Bigger Real Estate on Facebook. Yeah, and I loved, and I think you had that agent from, was it from Tulsa that I listened yeah. to just the other day? Yeah. She was great. So uh, I, I had some good takeaways and I took a lot of notes from listening to that. Awesome. Uh, well, Justin, anything else you want to uh, put out there for, for the group for the, uh, for the sake of just uh, raising the level of professionalism and doing a better job in our industry? Yeah, no, you know, I appreciate that. I love what you're doing here, Michael. I really do. Such a class act and, and you get it. Like, and, and I, I would just encourage anybody that's, that's following the show, stay close to Michael. Like I've, I've introduced this concept to a lot of people. Very few get it as quickly and, and as deeply as Michael does. <laughs> well, thank like, you. Like these are concepts that you already embody. And so it's, I, I would just encourage the audience to stay close to you, Michael. And, um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a great despite what we see all over in the news, despite what we see all over the place about agents are going the way of the travel agent. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. There will be a large group that absolutely will because they don't do what Michael teaches here. They don't raise the level of professionalism. They just keep trying to move faster and for cheaper. And that's a, that's just a bad business model. And there are yeah, companies ch- out there. Chasing the shiny object, I call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the next, the next best thing and wanting, uh, wanting instant gratification, but yeah. I totally appreciate that. Well, you know, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time today. And, uh, like I said, I will put links to your information in the show notes for everybody and, uh, please everybody reach out, uh, check him out on Facebook. Great stuff. Like I said, I just uh, was introduced to him from Tanya and Matt Powell, and I've already gotten great information just from watching some of your podcast episodes. So again, thank you so much for being here. Everybody listening, thank you. If you liked what we're doing, let us know. Please share our podcast out there. And we'll always finish by saying this. uh, Be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day. Justin, thank you so much. My pleasure, my friend. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.